welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. I'm Paula Parker. I'm a life coach and I really focus and specialize in helping women use their brains to release excess weight on their bodies. I know we've all been taught to eat less and work out more, um, but that's just not the case when it comes to weight loss. It's about the reasons why we overeat. And so I really want to help women feel in charge around food and decide for themselves. And that's what we're talking about today is all about decisions. And I've been thinking about this because today I'm actually flying with my family to Calgary to see my sister and her partner. And then we're going to go from there and drive the three hours to my hometown to see uh, my parents. And everyone's really excited, you know, because we haven't seen each other very often. I think maybe just we haven't, I don't know when the last time we were together. It's been a couple of years because of the coronavirus, of course, right? So we're all getting together, very exciting. And so my mom is getting getting ready. And when I talked to her on the phone yesterday, she was like, okay, so I, she's like literally taking cookies out of the oven while I was on the phone with her. And she made, I think like two batches of cookies, um, two lasagnas, and matrimonial bars, which I actually don't even know what those are. I think they are date squares. But anyways, like this is just a little insight into, you know, how I grew up. And I'm sure that so many of you can relate that parents, especially moms, like they will really express love through food. And so I'm going to just have to decide in advance, you know, how I want to approach all that yummy food on my holiday right it doesn't mean that i'm going to decide to opt out completely but i know that i need to have a plan for myself so that i i'm in charge right i decide on purpose and that's what we're going to talk about today decisions because being good at releasing any extra weight means being good at making decisions about food about movement and exercise and about self-care all while doing everything else on your to-do list, right? There's so much that we're doing on a day-to-day basis and weight loss is just like an additional thing that's that we're managing along the way. And our brains make decisions differently when we're calmly planning ahead using our prefrontal cortex versus making impulse decisions at the last minute, like adding that cinnamon bun to our coffee order. So like, I'm gonna decide, am I gonna have those chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> when I'm on holiday, how many am I going to have? Like, what's that going to look like, right? Deciding what to eat ahead of time will reduce brain chatter and decision fatigue and keep you on track for your weight loss goals. So I don't want to spend my whole time, my whole trip in brain chatter around what I'm going to eat or what I ate or overeating or wanting to overeat any of that, right? I want to get ahead of it. And I doubt the idea of like meal planning really gets you fired up. Maybe you've tried to follow someone else's meal plan and it lasted maybe two weeks and you were like, I can't do this or I don't want to do this. Hardly anyone wants to meal plan, right? And it can feel overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be complicated at all. So I'm going to tell you how to make it super simple and easy. Now, if you're thinking, well, that's all great, but how do I get myself to actually follow through? That's the crucial part, right? And I'm not going to lie, if you're used to breaking promises to yourself, whether that's with food, exercise, or self-care, this will be hard at first. However, your brain is amazing. You can recondition your brain to rebuild trust with yourself about your decisions and your commitments. 
And my goal is that after listening to this episode, you'll be much more equipped to start living into that version of yourself, right? So I've had more practice at this. And so that I know that if I decide ahead of time, uh, how I'm going to approach food on this trip that I'm going to follow through, right? It's not going to be a lot of drama. It's not going to be a big deal. So here are the key ideas I'm going to talk about today. There are The first one is there are four decisions in life, <laughs> four types of decisions. I learned this recently and I've been, I've just been learning more about how humans make decisions, how we do decision-making. And it was really helpful for me to learn these to provide a framework for thinking about my own decision-making. So I hope you'll find it interesting and helpful too. Then we'll focus on the specific decisions you need to create your weight loss plan. I can almost guarantee you aren't thinking about these yet and they are critical to your success. And then finally, after you're convinced of the value of meal planning, because if you're like me, you won't do anything if you don't know the reason for doing it, you'll learn my what I do for meal planning and it's the strategies that I use and uh, it's gonna be super simple for you. So for this episode, I also have a handout that has all the info. So if you just wanna sit back and relax without having to take any notes, that's available to you so that you can use this to create your own plan. All you have to do is go to mindfulshape.com forward slash resources, where you'll have access to actually all of my PDF handouts as well. So again, that's mindfulshape.com forward slash resources. Okay, let's go. The four types of decisions. So the first is a straightforward decision. This is a decision you know needs to be made. So for example, you need to eat something in your day, right? You're not gonna go without food completely. It's very straightforward. A decision has to be made about this at least once a day. Straightforward decision. The next one is the trying decision. This is when you find yourself saying, I'm trying to decide. So you're trying to make a decision and there's a lot of drama. Usually it's because we don't like the options. So as I mentioned, we're flying to Calgary today. And for a few weeks, I was really trying to decide whether to bring our little dog with us or if he'd be better off being boarded with another family. So he's a sensitive little soul. He's right down here at my feet. And both options would stress him out. So while boarding him for a week is expensive, Bringing him is also inconvenient, especially because this is the first time we're going to be traveling with our baby. Anyways, the point is, I don't really like either option. I I want to bring him with us, but it'd be stressful, and I want him to have a good time being boarded, but I know he's going to be stressed out being away from us because he has separation anxiety. So um, anyways, so two options I didn't like. In weight loss, this can show up in trying to decide what food plan to follow. So, you know, your friend has lost a lot of weight on keto. Is that a good idea? Should you do that? Or should you just do low carb? A lot of people are doing intermittent fasting. What about eating intuitively, right? How does that work? How can you lose weight eating intuitively when you want to eat all the things? So if you doubt you can eat intuitively, then that doesn't feel like a good option either. Many of you may think that you need to pick the right food plan to lose weight, and that can cause a lot of drama, lots of thoughts and feelings. Then there's the false decision. 
So you say you've made a decision, then your actions are different. For example, you say you're going to stop snacking, stop overeating, stop eating sugar, but you don't. So common in weight loss, right? This is a big one. If this is showing up for you, that's okay. It's simply time to course correct. And lastly, there's the unknown decision. So this is an interesting one. There's a decision to be made that you're not aware of, and it shows up in confusion. So for example, if you're saying to yourself, I just don't know why I'm still struggling with my weight, and you feel confused about it, you may need to decide to do something differently than you have been doing. You may be operating on old programming when it comes to food choices. For example, until I decided ahead of time not to eat while preparing my dinner at night, I was popping in a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and taking in much more than I realized before I'd even sat down for my meal. It was simply a habit that felt really automatic. So those are the four types of decisions, the straightforward, trying, false, and unknown. Now you can look at what's going on for you and think, hmm, what type of decision is this and what do I need to do about it? That's how this framework can be useful. I think so often we think we only need to make one big decision to lose weight and that that somehow that will carry us through to all the other smaller decisions we need to make day to day. So for example, we decide we need to eat healthier or we need to stop overeating. So it's Sunday night and we say, okay, enough is enough. I'm starting tomorrow. And then Monday comes and for breakfast, lunch and dinner, and often in between meals throughout the entire day, we need to make so many more decisions. So here's a few that I just thought about just at the top of my head. These are questions that you're probably asking yourself when it comes to mealtime or sometimes when it comes in between mealtime. So should I eat now or should I wait? Am I really hungry or is this emotional or is it, am I just eating out of habit? Where am I going to get the food? Should I go to the store? Should I order takeout? Do I, am I super tired and I want to get fast food? Do I have anything in the fridge? That kind of thing. Should I spend the money on this, right? Healthy food is typically more expensive. So you're asking yourself, is this too expensive? Or eating out, um, that can be really expensive too if you're going out on your lunch break or something like that. What do I feel like eating, right? Sometimes we'll check in with ourselves and be like, oh, I really want like, it's a cold day. I really want warm, savory soup or something. What am I gonna eat, right? We just need to decide on something. Is that healthy enough? Is the food on my plan? Is it something I should be eating? Is it healthy? How much should I have, right? Portion control. Oh, is that too much? Not enough food. And then if it's nighttime, should I have dessert? Or sometimes we'll be asking ourselves, you know, if I eat this, how will it affect what I have for my next meal, right? Will it influence how I feel later or what I'm able to eat later or even the next day? That's only a few, but I'll bet you could come up with even more and think about our state when we're making these, you know, 10 or so decisions. I don't even know how many that was that I listed, but quite a few in the moment. We often underestimate the impact our mood and physical state have on our decision-making. This is why when your belly is really full, you feel confident you'll be able to stick to that diet the next day. But then of course, during the next day, when you get really tired and hungry, you're like, screw that yesterday person who thought this diet was a good idea. <laughs> I'm too tired and hungry to make that salad and salmon like I planned, right? You don't want that. 
what's happening here is if you've made so many decisions, you get decision fatigue. So by the end of your day, you've not only made what a hundred decisions related to food, but your brain has had to make decisions about work, family, what needs tidying up around the house, whether you want to be making plans with friends and a million other life decisions. And when our brain is fatigued, we don't have the resources to make the best decisions for ourselves. So instead our brain will go with the easiest, most pleasurable option in the moment. Our best decision making is done ahead of time with our prefrontal cortex. There are four weight loss decisions that you can make ahead of time that will really help you be successful. So the first one is you really want to decide to be committed. I recommend 10 out of 10. (laughs) There's a difference between wanting to lose weight and being really committed to losing weight. While wanting something feels really good, it feels great to want things. Commitment doesn't. (laughs) Commitment requires us to do things when we don't feel like doing them. You're likely 10 out of 10 in your desire, but you also need to decide to be a 10 out of 10 on your commitment level. And listen, you may be hearing this and be like, yeah, no, I'm not there mentally. It's not a priority for me right now. And that's great. It's important to know rather than continuing to make false decisions around losing weight. But either way, you have now decided from a place of power that either you're not ready at this exact moment to be committed, or you really want to do whatever it takes. Okay. The second weight loss decision that I recommend making is that you decide on your method of how you're going to get there. So what is your protocol, your support systems and your resources. So be clear and specific about how you want to eat, what movement you'll be doing and all of the infrastructure that you have at your disposal already. So maybe you have a food tracker app or you have a, a scale that you can weigh yourself regularly. You have an online fitness membership or you could get one yoga mat, something as simple as that, or you have a friend you could do this with who's also on the journey and you can relate to each other and talk to each other. Of course, you also have this podcast and all of my free resources on my website. And if you don't think it's necessary to write out a list, I know (laughs) I would be thinking that too, but here's the value. When you see your plan and all of the support that you have available, it's really helpful for your brain to believe you have everything you need to do this. You probably have much more than you think at your disposal. And if your list is looking a little lean, then you know what you need to do. And likely you haven't been successful before because of that. You simply haven't set up the infrastructure you need to succeed. So you know where to begin. Okay. And then the third one is decide how you're going to measure your progress. So what are your goals? Is it a number on the scale? Is it a clothing size? Do you also want to make intangible goals such as feeling more confident or feeling in charge around food? How will you know if you're making progress? So get clear so that your brain can't tell you it's not working. Sometimes people like to take before and after pictures. Sometimes you'll look at those before pictures, like you'll be on a weight loss journey and you'll think, ah, I haven't really lost that much or it's not really working. You'll look at that before picture and you'll be like, oh my God, (laughs) such a difference, right? But you don't really notice it day to day. So with my clients, we use a number scale out of 10 to measure the intangibles and we check in every three months. You might have heard that it's not a good idea to set intangible goals, that every goal needs to be measurable. 
um, very distinctly. Um, but I would just say like, you know, sure, you could do that (laughs) and do that. But then also, of course, there's intangible goals, right? There's intangible goals of how we want to feel the whole reason that we're doing this. And of course, I want to encourage you to start feeling those things right now. Any kind of those emotions, you want to find ways to feel those things right now. But part of the weight loss journey is starting to learn how to feel those things before you've lost all the weight. And so that's why you can use the scale from one to 10 just to check in, right? Intuitively, you know, you don't need to see a number on the scale to know that you're making progress around how you feel. Maybe it's feeling confident or feeling in charge around food or whatever, you know that you're making progress, right? Okay, and then finally, decide in advance how you're going to relate to obstacles and missteps. So you know there's going to be obstacles, like you're going to run out of your favorite brand of yogurt at the store, and it's like the only one that you like. This happens to me a lot (laughs) because I only have one. Or you're too tired to make the dinner that you planned. So have a plan for these types of things so that you know you have your own back no matter what comes. When you eat off your plan, how will you treat yourself? Will you beat yourself up? and vow to change or will you get really curious and be kind to yourself knowing that you have years and years of habits that simply don't change because you made one decision to lose weight or you made a number of decisions to lose weight, right? These habits take a long time to change and we need to be really mindful of that. All right, so if you're still with me, now we're going to get really practical about how to meal plan because I know you are pumped about making decisions ahead of time for your success. So as I mentioned, this doesn't need to be complicated. It takes five minutes to sit down on Sunday night and jot down the meals for the week. Now, it's not set in stone. You can change it if you need to, but this gives you a direction, a plan. This way, you know exactly what you need to buy for the week. Here's an example. So say it doesn't need to be super detailed. You could just write down, okay, like for breakfast, I'm having coffee with cream, uh, two eggs and some oatmeal. For lunch, you're having a big salad with chicken and some yummy dressing. And then maybe for dinner, you're doing burrito bowls. For most people, breakfast and lunch can pretty much be the same every day. That really helps keep it simple also. And you'll probably want more variability with your dinner. In our house, we have about nine to 10 dinners that are on rotation, and we can kind of switch up some of the ingredients to add um, even more variability. Before I started doing this, I would often complain that I didn't know what to make for dinner, right? I didn't have any ideas, I wasn't inspired, and it would feel like a real chore. But now it's all planned, and I love that because it's one less thing I have to think about. And if right now you're thinking, I don't have time to think about what I'm going to eat ahead of time, I'm going to push back on that. It's not true. You spend, most likely, (laughs) you spend a lot of time thinking about food, either what you'd really like to eat and overeat, or you're thinking about what you ate that wasn't really that healthy and feeling bad about it. Instead, use all that brain power toward planning for a way of eating that's going to really support your weight loss success. And if you have more money than time, there are a lot of meal prep delivery services out there now. You know there's going to be nights when you really don't have time or the inclination to make what's on your plan, and that's totally fine. This is why you will also have staples prepped so you can quickly throw something together. So for example, 
You can cook a few chicken breasts one night, maybe some quinoa or some cut veggies and just have them in the fridge. And um, maybe you have like some of that. We always have a big box of greens so that you can throw a salad together at the last minute. Or maybe you have some frozen soup or chili or something like that that you can easily heat up. This isn't rocket science, right? (laughs) Most people don't take the time to really set themselves up to win. Most people don't take the time to actually do this. So I encourage you, decide and then go ahead and do it. We are all busy. No one has extra time lying around to meal prep. So we need to decide to prioritize this. And you can make it fun by pairing it with catching up with a friend on the phone or watching Netflix or listening to a podcast. I touched on this earlier and that's really to have plan B, C, and D. If you're super exhausted and you don't want to make the meal you planned, what will you do? Plan this ahead of time. What healthy options can you have on hand? What if you don't have those? What can you get at the store that's really simple? Are there any takeout options that are actually healthy or can you modify them to make them healthier so that they fit your protocol? When you get really clear and solid on these decisions, there are no other decisions to be made. That's the beauty of this. In the beginning though, it seems optional to follow through if you've been someone who's not in the habit of keeping your word to yourself. So just stick with it. It's so important because it's how we respond in these moments when we used to go off track throughout the day, week and month that determines whether we actually move closer or farther away from our goal. And sometimes people are resistant to planning because it feels restrictive or too rigid, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. In my experience, this is exactly how you achieve freedom around food. So for example, if the new standard that you've set for yourself is that you don't snack after dinner, you won't be going back and forth in your head all night. It's simply not an option. Initially, your brain will throw a little tantrum, but eventually it doesn't even occur to you to snack after you have had dinner. That's how it's been for me. So I have a little confession to make. (laughs) When I was around 11, I think, I was in a stealing club with two of my friends and I stole this processed cheese in a tube. I I don't even think that they make it anymore, but it was something my mom wouldn't buy for me because it was actually on the pricey side. It was essentially like gourmet cheese whiz. I think that's what they were going for. Anyways, after I stole it, I felt so guilty about it. I told my friends, you know, I'm out of the club. (laughs) But imagine if I stayed in the club and stuck with it. Let's just say for years. So here's me. I'm stealing throughout my teenage years and then into my 20s. Then let's imagine I turn 30 and I decide, you know, I really shouldn't be stealing anymore. At first, when I go into the store, it's going to be on my mind whether to steal something or not. It's still an option. But I'll bet that when you go into the store, you don't agonize over whether you're going to pay for something or if you're going to steal it because it's not an option. Your brain has not been in that habit loop right? That's the only difference here. It can be the same with anything that you decide. This thought, it's simply not an option, is available to you right now about anything. You can decide that you no longer binge. You're just somebody who never binges, that you no longer snack after dinner, whatever you want that serves you and your protocol. It can really be that simple because all of our actions come from our thoughts. We decide it's not an option and then practice thinking that over and over. Okay, so let's just do a quick recap. There are four types of decisions. Straightforward, trying, false, and unknown. 
the weight loss decisions that you need to make are decide to be committed 10 out of 10. You need to decide what method you're going to use to get there. So that's your protocol and your support systems. Decide on how you're going to measure your progress. And then lastly, decide in advance how you're going to relate to any kind of obstacles and missteps. Meal prep doesn't have to be complicated. Take five minutes at the beginning of the week to choose your meals and just give yourself an outline. Prioritize going to the store and having healthy food on hand. Have a strategy already in place for when you're too tired or you simply don't want what you've planned. The decisions that we make create everything that we have in our lives. So that's why they're so important to make ahead of time with your prefrontal cortex that has your best interests at heart. If you'd like the PDF that goes with this episode, you can find it at mindfulshape.com forward slash resources. Thank you so much for listening. I really, truly appreciate your time and attention. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.